Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It is going good outside of the fact that it is freezing right now. Yes. Uh, we're experiencing sub-zero temperatures. Uh, American football game had to get moved from New York to Detroit because there was about three feet of snow. Oh, right. Cool. Um, it's interesting at the moment, got David in... See in LA, I think at the moment, um, he's eight, eight hours behind me. Then you're wherever you are. I, I always forget. I'm five um, hours behind you. Yeah, five hours behind. So we're all in different time zones <laughs> at the moment. So, um, cool. What you've been playing recently? Well, like I talked about last week on the podcast, Pentiment went live. I was really excited for it. Uh, unfortunately, it's not a game I would enjoy. It's more of a interactive story. Than a game. I don't really have like a hard and fast rule, but generally, if I've been in a game for half an hour and I don't feel like I'm playing the game, then I just kind of tap out. Um, uh-huh. I experience this a lot, mostly with the JRPGs because it takes so long to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, Pentiment. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's one of those games that is very. It's basically story. You're basically pl- pretending to play a video game. That's basically a book. Um, it's very much a passion project. The The game creator openly stated that he probably would have never played, made the game if it wasn't for uh, Microsoft and Game Pass doing what they do, bringing any titles like his to the forefront. And I'm super cool with that. Um, I, I tried it for about a half hour, but it was literally just talking to people for half an hour. And that's just not kind of a game I play, so it just kind of fell to the wayside. Um, So I did break down, and I bought Stranded Alien Dawn, which um, David, who you mentioned earlier, actually got a code for to play. So I don't know if he's actually put the review up for that on his website or not. Um, It's very much an early access. It's very much kind of a work in progress. It's It's got some good potential. Um, There's a few things that I've submitted issues with uh the biggest is that it's very indirect on how to prioritize things because you're basically space explorers you crash on a planet so you've got a very limited number of people very limited resources um so you kind of have to figure things out as you're going along and you have to go into like three or four sub menus to uncheck priorities with people to get them to indirectly do something that you want them to do and that's very I know that's kind of weird staying it, but it's kind of how the game is. So, hmm. Okay, cool. Um, what are you enjoying the most of the things that you're playing? Uh, I do like that it's very unique. Um, I need to get back into Grounded. Um, that is something that I have talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, it is a game that I will get back to at some point, just not right this second. I'm kind of taking a break from it because um, I do have another boss that I have to fight. Uh, not the Mantis. I actually was prepping for that, and I found out, oh, wait, that's like three bosses down the line, so that's not the next boss to fight. Um, the next boss to fight is a Man-Ant, which is actually a thing in the game. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> But that's, you kind of got, it's one of those things that it's very, I got to go into a faraway area and then go on, go in an underneath area and then prep for something else and then do this other thing and then do the other things. As a game, so I'm kind of getting prepped for it. Cool, nice. Uh, for me, I've been continuing. So yeah, that's with... kind of a thing. Oh, 
Sorry, there was a bit of a delay there. Um, cool, I'm gra- glad you're enjoying uh, the stuff that you're playing at the moment. Um, for me, I'm continuing with uh, God of War Ragnarok. Um, my save file says I am... What did it say last time? 9 hours, 45 minutes, something like that. Let's say about 10 hours. Um, I don't know how much of that is actual gameplay and how much of that is, you know, if the game is paused or I'm upgrading stuff or whatever. So, um, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I tweeted about it earlier in the week uh, or a few days ago. Um, this is one of them experiences with the game where I'm seeing everybody give this glowing, like, 9 out of 10. This is, like, game of the generation kind of thing or, you know, that that, that type of thing. And if you want to feel that way, that's this, you know, you're not right or you're not wrong. Um, you know, it's all, it's all subjective and everything. Um, I just wish I was having that same experience with God of War. I'm enjoying it. I think it's very good. Um, the gameplay I am starting to get a bit more into. I'm trying to, like, vary more of my attacks and things. And there's different types of enemies. And there's points where you have to dodge them. And points where you have to parry them. And, like, when do I do my bigger attacks and smaller attacks. And there's attacks that take a bit of time to charge up. So when do I time those and everything and then keeping an eye on the, en- the enemies around me um the one thing i'm not remembering to do a lot is use atreus like if you press square during your combat he will shoot his arrows at the or shoot like special arrows at the at the enemies um i've upgraded him a bit more today um where he can like grab more enemies and do more things like that so because li- literally sometimes I, I don't know why but sometimes when i'm in the midst of combat i sort of forget that he's there um i can't like see him sometimes but i'm i'm so focused on where the enemies are because there's enemies that move around a lot and you know there's the elves that you fight and they fly around all over the place so there's a lot going on and there's a lot to sort of look at um the the game almost kind of encourages you to or at least the point that i'm at with it it's a very big game kratos is a very sort of like brute strong but slow character and there's a lot of attacks that you can do do that turn the game into a bit more hack and slash, but you can't do too much of that because I, I I've noticed the and I can't remember if this happened in the other game because that was four years ago. The enemy will sort of notice if you're doing the same ta- attack a lot of times, and then they'll just start blocking it. Um, like there was a point today where I was fighting against some of the elves, and I was throwing my axe from a distance because I thought, hey, I can see the enemy. I'm gonna throw my axe hit them a couple of times and then they started blocking the the throw um i wasn't trying to like cheese the fire whether whatever i was just thinking hey they're over there at a distance i have an axe i can throw it so i'm gonna do that and i was trying to charge it up and do things like that so um the game is trying to encourage me a bit more to use different attacks but it's about what you use and when and that sort of thing so i'm enjoying it so far i i think the story's pick the story has these like checkpoint bits of scenes and dialogue every every like couple of hours um i was trying to work out as well the other day like there's certain characters you could mention to me in in the gaming world that i really like and i really care about and i really love and i was trying to think like okay started started to enjoy the combat a bit more traversal is kind of interesting as well like there's some new mechanics there which i i, I always appreciate new new ideas in games whether they work or not is obviously a different thing but I always appreciate, you know, new attempts to do new things, right, within the game. That's something I always appreciate. Um, And I was trying to work out, like, okay, I don't dislike Atreus and Kratos and Mimir, but how much do I like them? How how much am I invested in their story or them as characters? And in this this second game, in in Ragnarok, 
Um, Atreus is a bit older. Um, he's like, um, I mean, he's a god, so I, d I don't know what age actually means for for these characters, but um, uh, because you got what like Thor that's a thousand or something, hundred years old or, or something like that. Um, in so the like, MCU, I think they said he was like fifteen hundred years old, but yeah, that's MCU. Like that. So yeah, um, but you know, in in terms of like where where Atreus is, like he he's getting a bit older. He, he's sort of young young adult age ish. Um, and regardless of like his god age and that sort of stuff, he still has that sort of human part to him. And the the one thing that um, Atreus keeps saying to Kratos, and none of this none of this is spoilers, by the way. I'm obviously not going to spoil anything. Is like he found out. Okay, I am something, and I want to learn more about that. The problem is, because the, the the hook at the moment in the story is okay. There's this ba big bad event coming because you know Odin and Thor are there and there's things going on with that atreus wants to learn more about himself because of who he is and kratos is saying to him on a few occasions okay it's great that you want to learn more about yourself but that might risk getting you know bothering these other gods such as you know thor and odin and what's going on with that so he keeps saying to him like okay well, he goes with him and he goes on his on on this journey with him but um He's sort of like, okay, just be careful because we could easily get like mixed up in a war, and we can handle ourselves in a war, but we don't need to do that. So there's like a balance there between the two of them. There's something that continues to annoy me about Kratos's character because with with Atreus, I feel like they've they're, they're they're doing some pretty good development with him. I think aging him up just a little bit more between this game and the last game, I think was a very smart idea. Um, Kratos just he, he talks a bit more than he did, than he did in the last game, and there's certain points where he'll sort of pipe up, so to speak, and he'll say something unexpected, and I point at that and I go, okay, I want more of that. I want him to speak a bit more, and like one thing I've mentioned a lot recently in podcasts is I, I like within entertainment, whether it's a film, TV, game, whatever, when the characters instead of the characters just going through the motions of the story for the characters in whatever it is to actually talk about what's going on in the story and it sounds like a very basic thing but you'd be surprised the amount of the amount of things that don't do that um and i i want kratos to do that more because atreus is doing it quite a bit and there will literally be times in this game and obviously there's more than just the, those two characters there's mimir there's um what's the name brock there's sindri and other characters where Somebody will say something to Kratos or ask Kratos a question and he just won't respond or he'll grunt and walk off. That's a part that I don't like. And it, it's like, okay, it, it, it makes it makes Kratos not feel like... Because the amount of time Kratos has been around, because even though this new era, you know, from 2018 God of War to now is a revival, there's still plenty of references to like, okay, the past stuff did happen because um, Kratos is trying to use his experience to say to Atreus like hey you might not want to do this you might want to do that because I made mistakes in my past and you know that there's the experience that comes through but there's just um, that there's, there's actually a scene I'm not going to say who it is where a character asks Kratos about something he grunts and the person says am I supposed to decipher your grunting and then, he's, and then he actually replies and says oh I'm on this hunt with you and so and so but that's like the only time that's happened between the last game and this game. I've still got a ways to go with it. So hopefully it will, hopefully Kratos will just open a bit more. And I, I understand the type of character he is. But it just... 
especially in the scenes where characters are talking to him and he grunts or doesn't respond and just walks off i i find it very kind of frustrating but um as i said i'm starting to i'm getting to that point where i'm unlocking a few new things which i'm, I'm trying to remember what i can use in combat because there is so many different sort of combinations of things um and also the balance of like okay when do i want to use the blades of chaos when do i want to use the axe and all that sort of stuff because they're very different weapons um so yeah but it's it, it's good so far there's just a few things like with, with Kratos' character that i would like to um i'd like him to i don't know open up a little bit more but i suppose that's who he is so um have you seen any like more of the game or heard much about it or whatever i mean a couple streamers that i follow have been playing it so i have seen some of it um it's still a game that I, on some level I kind of want to play, but since I'd have to either buy a PS5, which is still out of stock randomly, mm. or Sony gets off their ass and releases it on PC, which that'll be at least three years before that Maybe happens. A couple of so. years, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, the other positive things I want to mention: I really, really do like the puzzles. I feel encouraged to do them. Um, which some of them are just natural in the game, but um, some of them are more sort of like veering off to the side quests, which I am quite enjoying. Uh, the traversal, I think, is really good. The way that sometimes the traversal combines with the um, puzzles, which they they were doing that before, but there's new traversal mechanics that tie into what you're doing. Um, I really do like that a lot. That's that's where some of these new ideas are coming across uh, for, the, for the general gameplay stuff, which I'm really enjoying. So... Uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, overall I'm enjoying it about an 8 out of 10 so far. There's, there's some things I'd like to change, but there's there's some things I'm really enjoying. I just wish, like, I, I wonder if there's going to be a point, because I've probably got another 30 hours or something left of this game by, by the sounds of things. Um, is there going to be a point where, I don't know, something happens in the story or something happens with Kratos where I go, wow, this is now the 9, 10 out of 10 sort of level, and, and I sort of like, I, I can then see what everybody else is talking about. Because I, I wish I was enjoying the game as much as that. There's just things that are sort of not quite sticking for me, if, if that makes sense. So, um, other than that, I've I, I've played some Call of Duty. I'm trying not to switch too much between COD and God of War, because obviously they're wildly different games, and muscle memory is a thing as well. And some sometimes when I just like, hey, I'll stick COD on for like, an hour or something because you don't need that much time to play cod unless you're going for like a long session and i'll get back to god of war and then it will like i don't know it's, throw, it's throwing me off a bit doing that so i'm trying to like cut down on playing cod as much at the moment to sort of just keep the momentum with god of war keep the story ticking on and uh all the other stuff but uh, they released tier one this week or was it last week i think um and they uh it's it's basically the realism mode it's not actually hardcore uh, the hardcore mode, although it's got similarities to it, um, it's interesting. Like with that, because um, the the damage is still pretty much the same. Which the the damage on core, which is the the other game mode that they've had, um, I just find ridiculous. But that's like for core players. I I, I suppose it depends how you want to look at that. Um, it's interesting because with, with tier 1 you don't get any hit markers. And hit markers is a very core sort of Call of Duty thing. Um, but you get this like little noise alert when you kill somebody. So if you like throw, throwing a grenade into a room or something like that. How would you know if you killed someone you get a little noise alert thing. It's a little bit strange. I adapted to it very very quickly. Um, but I would yeah, I would prefer to have the, the hardcore mode there. So we'll see how... That continues to go. Um, the community continues to make me really just laugh with this game. 
there's so many times I'll see people posting clips on like I don't know whether it's Reddit or if it's you know Twitter or whatever, and like oh what the hell why did I die in this clip? And ninety but ninety percent of the clips I've seen is people running around jumping around corners. You just have to stop doing that. <laughs> I can't like I can't stress that enough. Like and I understand from like a basic gameplay standpoint if you're like constantly and i mean constantly running around and you're not like taking cover you're not listening you're not sort of like paying attention really how do you expect to do well in the game if if literally you're just running jumping and sliding around every single corner um it's not the fact that like you'll run past the camper and get killed it's the fact that Literally, if you're sprinting through the map, somebody's going to see you doing it, and they're going to shoot you. <laughs> so, um, but hey, it's that—that's those players' problems, not mine. I, I don't—I don't play the game that way. I mean, there's points where I'll run, obviously, but um, as I mentioned probably a few weeks ago, this, this game is far more tactical than than people seem to really realize. Um, I mean, if you look at like the, the equipment and the kill streaks that are in this game, a lot of them are very tactical. Like the like the new uh, m- one of my favourite ones, which is the new um, portable radar, and you got the, like the um, you got the inflatable decoy, which is quite good. All of them are very tactical ideas. You need to be thinking about like, okay, where am I? Where can the enemies come from? Um, where are there any corners that you can put things around? You know, where, where where do you need to be listening to? Not not just. Hey, here's a pathway. I'm just gonna run headfirst down there. So, um, but hey, that's that's their problem, not mine, isn't it? So, <laughs> um, anyway, that's what we've been uh, playing recently. I'm just just gonna keep sort of going through uh, God of War, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, I I have had uh, remember the new Kirby game that came out this year, Forgotten Lands, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, I've had that sent to me. It's not actually arrived yet. I don't need it like soon, soon because I'm still playing God of War. But I'm uh, curious to get into that. Um, and then I remembered that there was a Plague Tale that came out, the new game, so I've added that to my list as well. So that's what we've been doing. Um, anyways, take a quick break, do some housekeeping, we'll come back, and then we'll talk about the uh, Game of the Year nominations. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K, UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. 
Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, yesterday I went out and saw uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I don't need to explain what that film is. Um, Gave it a strong must-see rating, really, really incredible film. Um, Spoiler-free section at the start, spoiler section in the second half, just like we normally do. Uh, Really, really loved that, and uh, that's my review for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, So you can check that out as well if you want to. Um, The Walking Dead is nearing its end. Uh, This week we talked about Season 11, Episode 23, which is the penultimate episode for the entire series. Uh, Tonight slash tomorrow is when the series finale comes out. So obviously tomorrow, Monday for the the UK. And tonight on AMC, uh, the usual Sunday night at 9 on AMC. Uh, For the series finale, Season 11, Episode 24. There will obviously be other Walking Dead shows, but for the main actual show, this is going to be the end of that show. We know we've got some spin-offs coming out, and there's a few shows that are still running as well. So the Walking Dead isn't going to end... The, the, the franchise is just the main show that's going to be ending. Um, so yeah, check out uh, our podcast for all of that. Over on the United cast, uh, there's not going to be any more games until the 27th of December. But the most recent game, the last one for now, is a May Night's 2-1 win against Fulham away in the Premier League. A late, late, dramatic, great goal from uh, Garnacho who's a young uh, star who's just broken into the team. Only 18 years old, but doing very, very well so far. There's discussions about uh, renewing his contract, because that's what you do when you have good young players, which is you get them on long-term contracts. Um, so that's it That's it for now for the United cast. I was going to do an episode about the Ronaldo thing, but um, I don't know. I, I talked about it a little bit in the past when he initially walked out the stadium and all that type of stuff. So, um, And... In terms of the things that him and Piers Morgan said to each other, I'm not watching that interview because I thoroughly dislike Piers Morgan on multiple levels. So I'm not going to uh, what I'm not going to be watching the interview. Uh, so there's all that over on Gaming Talk podcast. Um, last week we talked about Netflix making even more stuff. They're doing a Gears of War film uh, for Netflix, which is based on the, of course, the Xbox franchise. Of games, uh, we also talked about the unfortunate passing of Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman. Uh, and Toys for Bob put out some new job listings, which is possibly for a Spyro game. We'll have to wait and see, though. Uh, speaking of DC stuff, uh, Bat Family related, I did my um, spoiler-free, spoiler-split review for, review for Gotham Knights. I gave it a, a gentle don't-skip review, um, lightly recommending the game. Uh, it's got some issues, but it's got some stuff that really works as well. Uh, you mentioned to me on Facebook, um, you saw it on sale. Where, where, where was that and how much was it? 
Uh, I forget, but Amazon is doing their Black Friday early oh, sales. Yeah. So pretty much everything is on like a stupid low price right now. Yeah, yeah. I did, um, I think it was on the PlayStation Store, just a note on that. I think I saw The Last of Us 2, £10. Somebody else posted a photo of it. It wasn't me looking for it. Um, but if that's still there, go and check that out if you want to. So I imagine it was part of, of all that. Um, I did an episode, uh, review for an episode of Hollyoaks, uh, you might be wondering why I did that, there was a lot, there was a special episode that they put out last week called The Long Walk Home, it's about Maxine and uh, two of her friends, they go on a girls night out and she has a long walk home, um, of course the episode is tackling the, um, issue at the moment which is violence against uh, women and girls so the episode focuses on all that there's also a uh, companion sort of vr experience that you can watch for free on youtube um which is about five minutes long um but i i uh, watched i watched and experienced both of them uh, and then did a sort of double-sided review one for the vr experience and one for the actual episode um if you're in the uk you can watch the Hollyoaks episodes for free on all four you'll need to sign up for an account but it is free and the youtube episode you can watch on Hollyoaks's youtube channel hopefully that's available outside the uk so there we go um and that is yeah pretty much everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into some news So, um, we have the Game Awards. We had the, the nominations that came out, I think it was Thursday or Friday or something of last week. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about those today. We'll leave the big one till last, uh, which is the Game of the Year. So, uh, we'll go roughly through each category, all the categories that sort of stand out and stuff. There's like esports teams that, you know, whatever. But there's a few categories to go through here. So what I thought we'd do, obviously go through the categories, talk about what got nominated, um, maybe then choose, you know, what we want to win, what we think is going to win. Um, I think the game of the year is going to be, to me, I think it will be quite easy, Um, but we'll talk about that one at the end. Um, You ready to read these, uh, go through these game awards? Yep. Cool. Uh, So we've got uh, Best Game Direction awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovative In-Game Direction and Design. We've got Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. So for game, best game direction. Uh, So I'm playing God of War Ragnarok. I've played and finished Horizon Forbidden West and Stray. I don't actually know what Immortality is, and I never went to to play uh, Elden Ring. Um... I think it's fair to say most of most of these awards I think will be given to either Elden Ring or God of War. Um best game direction though. Um Possible Horizon could take something like this. I don't know anything about the Immortality game so that could win for all I know. Um what do you what what are you thinking for this category? Yeah, Immortality I've literally never heard of before. Uh if I had from to a, pick It's from a dev called Half Mermaid. Who yeah. I've also never heard of, so I think if I had to pick a game that I would want to win, it would be Stray, just because it, it does so much with so little. You are literally controlling a, a cat, and you get so much story out of just being a cat and doing yeah. cat things. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of um, 
like world building storytelling going yep. on like 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 the state of the world the robots the the is it zircoids or whatever they're called the little creatures yeah. that could sort of attack you um and there's a lot of kind of like Rather than you being told a direct story through dialogue, obviously you're playing as a cat, um, it's more like storytelling through like, okay, this is the state of the world, how do we get here? And you sort of explore that as you go through. So um, I personally would give this to Stray, because I, I, I agree on that front that you've said. Um, I could maybe see Horizon or Elden Ring taking this, but who knows, God of War could, uh, could get this one. Uh, best narrative. So this is like for the actual narrative of the story i've got a playtale rec room which i've not started yet so i can't comment on how good or bad it is it's getting it's got rave reviews but i can't you know comment on it myself elden ring god of war horizon and uh immortality from the ones i've played so far um which would be between the portion i played of god of war and horizon um i slightly did i look back on horizon we do have a um a uh, question later on um actually I'll, I'll read it out now that now that i mentioned it jack wrote in this week i said with the god with the god of, god of war nominations <laughs> game of the year there's too there's too many go something there's like game of thrones god of war <laughs> game game of the year uh game of all time um with the game of the year nominees does it feel like horizon stopped getting attention after a few months um judging by the actual nominations at, at least so far i would say no it does feel like because that was kind of in that section earlier in the year, right? That March-February section where it was like Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, um, Horizon came out. There was Sifu, there was Stray a little bit after that. There was, there was like a bunch of games that came out at one go. Um, Elden Ring still being talked about. Dying Light 2, nobody really talked about that much. Um, it does... It, I guess it... I don't know if it's like... The com- the conversation has gone quiet on it, but that is because like, hey, God of War's come out and COD's come out and... You know, Stray's come and gone, and there's there's been other games since that, so I think it's simply just down to that. Um, best narrative, so if I'm picking between what I've played of God of War, Ragnarok, and Horizon, um, I'd probably say God of War. Um, what one, one of Horizon Forbidden West's biggest strengths is the development they did with Aloy. I really, really like what they did with her character. Um, and yeah, Immortality, again, I don't know what that is. Uh, what would you choose from here? Um, honestly, I think the best pick would be Elden Ring. Uh, not, not to knock uh, God of War Ragnarok, but it literally came out last week. So it's the mm-hmm. fact that it's getting all these nominees means that it was going to get them anyway, regardless if the game even came out or not. Um, Plague's Tale, I haven't played. I've seen it streamed a couple times. It looks interesting. Uh, Horizon, obviously, being a sequel, it's got that benefit to it. I need to figure out what the hell this, uh, um, immortality is because I see it in several uh, categories and I have mm-hmm. no idea. But if I was just going off of uh, narrative, probably just have to go to Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, best art direction. So this is the visual stuff. So uh, my, my 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 opinion is to be taken with a pinch of salt because I'm not I'm not the, the biggest like visuals person. Uh, we've got Elden Ring, God of War, Scorn. Um, Horizon Forbidden West and Stray. Um, all these games, I'm sure, look great. Horizon looks great. God of War looks great. Elden Ring looks great. I- I'd expect them to. They're all sort of like current gen games. Uh, Scorn, I haven't played, but I have seen some stuff. the The art direction in that is very, very interesting. I would choose. It's between... very H.R. Giger. Sorry, if you've seen, it's very H.R. Giger. If you've seen any of his artwork, 
it's heavily inspired by that. It's what inspired the visuals for the Alien movie. Ah, cool. Um, so I've played and finished Stray. The the art direction there is pretty good, and it does contribute towards that world building storytelling. Um, so I think I would go with Stray, but uh, the the art design and direction in in Scorn is very. So sometimes you can tell with games it's not just about making it look good it's about having like an actual design like okay what what story do we want to tell with this world um and in that regard i would go with um with stray because i think it does a good job of that and i've not actually played scorn i've heard it's like it runs really badly and the checkpoints are really bad and stuff like that so i don't know um what would you choose from that list for art uh, direction again i would have to go with stray just because like i said before it does so much with so little mm. that you you really got to give it credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, score and music. Um, Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Metal Hellsinger. I have seen PlayStation Access play that. It looks quite quite crazy. Uh, God of War Ragnarok and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 sneaking in. <laughs> uh, music. Well, I've only played one of these games, which is God of War Ragnarok. The music is very, very good in God of War Ragnarok. Um, and sometimes music and score can... Do a very good job to elevate things. I would have... Uh, this might be me having some bias here, and I've not actually mentioned this game... Well, I've mentioned it once during, during these, these nominations. I think COD should be in here for scoring music. Um, even with the... Because the, the, thing, the thing that I noticed with COD... It never gets nominated for Game of the Year. It is always in the ongoing multiplayer game, which it is that. But there is still a campaign that gets released every year. And COD did have a campaign that was very good this year. Um, and I think the, the score and music in that really does like is you know when a game kind of puts you is able to put you in the moment just with music, um, like e- e- even the music from the main menus and stuff is really good. So I would have put that in here, but obviously it's not here, so I can't choose it. Um, but God of War Ragnarok is just a default choice because that's the only one I've heard the music of. So how about you? Uh, yeah, kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, best audio design. Oh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. <laughs> Uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, again, this might be me showing my bias, but the 3D audio in Call of Duty, which I do I do have some new headphones that I got this weekend, um, the, the audio design in Modern Warfare 2 is phenomenal, as long as you have like a good headset that will actually do that properly. Um, Gran Turismo 7 has got some good audio design. Obviously, you've got like, the car sounds and stuff. Um the audio design is good in Ragnarok. It's just very inconsistent and it's kind of strange. Um, it's very good in Horizon as well, but I I think because there was specific like technology that went into Modern Warfare 19 that they just evolved into Modern Warfare 2. So I would I would choose that here. And I can't remember what Elden Ring sounds like at all. So um, what would you choose for audio design here? Uh, if I had to pick one, it would probably be for Gran Turismo 7, just because with racing games, all you have is the audio in terms of sound, uh, which I know is yeah. kind of a weird statement to say. No, there's but... no like, dialogue and stuff like that, is there? Yeah, there's so no it's... dialogue. There's no story for the most part, unless it's like the um, Forza series, um, mm. where they intentionally make it like a wacky kind of adventure. But you got you know the tire sounds on different asphalts. You got engine sounds for different cars. Um, you got all the ambient sounds for like weather and things like that. So... That's all stuff that they don't have an option on. They have to get absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very good point. Um, best performance. Ashley Birch, Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurnley, 
in uh, Playtale. She plays the, the, the main character, the sister. Um, Christopher Judge, God of War Ragnarok, Immortality, Manon Gage, and God of War Ragnarok, Sonny Suljic, who is, uh, I, I assume that's Atreus. Um... I think Christopher Christopher Judge got that has got that very particular voice where he he's another one of those where because I think somebody did somebody else did use to voice Kratos but I think if you were going to do another game now and you were going to replace Christopher Judge he's kind of really solidified like that that's his kind of role now um, like we said in Mortality I've never even heard that character speak um, that being said I I would go for Ashley Birch just because she does a very very good job with that. That, that character development side I talked about with Horizon, so I I would go with her here. But um, uh, Christopher Judge I wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't scoff at him winning that, of course. Um, Atreus is really great as well. I just think w- when he's on screen with Kratos, which is ninety nine percent of the time, um, Christopher Judge is sort of like dominating the performance there. He he's um, what do you what do you call that? Uh, not stealing the scene. When 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 characters are in a room, there's something. There's a phrase called like when they're in a room, um, dominating the room, owning the room. There's a, there's a phrase like that. There's they just have the presence. Yeah, the presence of the room. So, um, but I really like what Ashley Birch did with the Aloy in Horizon. So, uh, what would you choose here? Yeah, I would definitely go with Christopher Judge just because he never actually knew he was doing uh, a video game when he did the lines for that. They just gave him a script for it. And after he got done reading all the script and recording all the voiceovers, like, oh, yeah, this is for a video game. He had no idea. That must be interesting with his script because it's a, in the first game. He's, he's like, must be like, why is my character say boy all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he's kind of like leaned into that role. Like he was at a con and he read oh, yeah. a bunch of dad jokes in that voice. And then he was presenting some award with the actor that does atreus and he said boy mm. and you know did that too so he's kind of leaned into that role yeah uh this next category which is one that i appreciate which is games for impact which is very important i i've not played a single one of these games so i don't know if we should skip uh, skip this category i'll i'll uh i'll read out what they are just just so that we can give notice to it um a memoir blue as dusk falls that's the only game here that i've actually heard of i've seen on game pass um citizen sleeper Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Oncologist. Um, I've not heard of any of the others apart from As Dusk Falls. Um, have you heard of any of these games? I don't feel like I can judge these games for what they are because I don't know what most of them are. So um, I've heard of As Dusk Falls yeah. simply because it's been part of Game Pass. Uh, none of these I've ever heard of before. Yeah, I've not seen I, I've not seen like any news or anything on any of these games, so I wasn't even aware of them. I think i vaguely might have been aware of extinction is forever um just as like seeing it as a trailer but i haven't had a chance to play it mm-hmm. uh best ongoing game um you've got apex legends destiny 2 final fantasy is it 16 x i v roman number x i v is 14 14 oh yeah uh fortnite and genshin impact um i guess in cod is in another category then I- i'm gonna <laughs> guess that um Fortnite's done pretty well to keep going this far. Genshin Impact I don't know much about. Final Fantasy I think is a very long ongoing game. Um, Apex has done really well. And I hear... I, I, I usually hear good things about Destiny 2. Um, 
but Fortnite's been able to like achieve something very special, so I would possibly go with that. Plus the amount of money they've possibly spent on um like licensed characters. Goodness me. They have one they have a new one like every week or something. Um so uh what would you go with here? Yeah, probably the same as you probably Fortnite just because it has been a game forever. And really, it was kind of a throwaway game because if most people forget this, but Fortnite was essentially supposed to be a four-player horde mode. Yeah. And the the game that's out now that we know of as Fortnite was just released to make money for the company to keep them developing it, and it just weirdly took off. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got best indie game: uh, Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Um, I like Seafood and Stray on a very equal level. Um, they're both, they're both very good at completely different things. Because <laughs> they're both completely different games. I do really like both of those, those games. Um, Cult of the Lamb I've not played, Neon White I've not played. Uh, Tunic I played some of, we, we both like tried that for a bit, didn't we? Uh, I mean, uh-huh. you, you got to it before I did, but, um, we kind of both like tapped out, I think, after a few hours. Um, it, it, it just wasn't really quite doing much for me. Uh Sifu or Stray, Sifu or Stray. Um I feel like Sifu's going to get the more attention cuz it'd be very interesting to see like Stray f- from the small but dedicated crowd that did play Stray. Most of those people really enjoyed it like myself. Um so I hope it does something at the game awards so I'll I'll go with that here. Um with Sifu once they introduced the easy mode, it was a lot more well, I say uh, not easier. It was a lot more just better to play. I I, I felt like I actually like it was it was just it was just a more enjoyable experience. I was being challenged still, but it was just I was able to actually have more fun with it, and it was so much better. So um, credit to Slow Clap for actually listening to players for that, and uh, you know, and, and actually changing that, which was which was good. Um, but I would go straight just because I think it's. It, do you? Would you describe Stray as like an underdog at these game awards? I, I wouldn't call it an underdog because it it did get so much attention. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a game, probably weirdly enough, it would be Cult of the Lamb, just because that is a game made for streamers to stream. Like eighty percent of that game is completely dependent on chat interaction with a stream. So. Being so unique and out there, I would hope that it would get a little bit more recognition than it does. Um, I honestly think Stray will take this category, um, either that or Sifu, but I'm kind of rooting for Cult of Lamb at this point. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, best mobile game? I've, I haven't really got an opinion on this, but I'll just read them out anyway. Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Marvel Snap, uh, Genshin Impact, and Tower of Fantasy. Do you have anything you want to say about mobile games? Because no. I, I, I I don't so, <laughs> um, m- mobile games are good at what they do. I just don't really care for very very many of them. Um, got best support community. That's the same games as before with No Man's Sky, uh, Fortnite, Destiny, Apex. Um, I don't have anything to say in this category either. How about yourself? No. Okay. Next one. Um, innovation in accessibility. Um, as dusk falls, God of War, Ragnarok. Uh, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. I'll give everybody a guess as to what game I would go with here. <laughs> um, the Quarry I really didn't enjoy. I really did not enjoy that game. Um, I played a couple of hours of it, 
and I just didn't care about anything that was happening. There was maybe two characters out of the entire cast that I was like, I hope that you survive, but I d I even if the game was like six hours, I, I didn't care to spend like any more time with it. It just, I don't know, I, th I thought it was, it just, it just didn't do much for me. I've started to kind of drop off a bit of those like horror choice games. Um, like the last couple of, um, Dark Pictures Anthology games I thought were not very good. I've not tried the new one, which is Devil in Me. Um, but I've just, I don't know, I've completely dropped off those games. There's not been, there's not been any great ones really since, um, maybe until Dawn. There's been a few other ones since then that have been alright. Like, Man of Madame was good, from what I remember. Um, but none of them have hit in the way that Until Dawn has. Um... God of War Ragnarok, uh, I've not actually really checked out the accessibility options in that. I don't know what accessibility options as Dusk Falls has got. Uh, Return to Monkey Island, I don't know. Um, the very interesting part here about Last of Us Part 1, not only is it a fantastic game, but the thing that impressed me the most is, I remember when I read, this was just before the game came out, and I read like, oh, with the haptic feedback, you can feel the characters talking. And some people, when that news was posted, was like, oh, this is some sort of, like, you know, joke. How, how, how are you going to do that? It's not real. Like, this this news is made up. And, and it was real. It was an actual thing in the game. And I remember when I streamed those, like, first two hours on, on the launch night. And I was like, oh, I'm going to turn this on and see what it is. Like, it's not something I need, but it's something that's interesting and something very cool. And literally it is. Like, if you're touching your throat, or you're touching a throat as somebody, as that person is talking, so your own or somebody else's. And you can feel that vibration. Every single bit of dialogue, whether it's in cutscene, out of cutscene, or whatever, you feel it the same way through the controller. And I don't think any other game has ever done that. Um, and it was it was also dependent on like the tone of the character's voice, the distance of where they are from where you were. Um, it was like really quite surprising, and there was a lot of stuff that was uh, that was put into that. So. Um, the effort to actually like, hey, every, every single piece of dialogue in this game is going to have that. Um, which again, it's not something, it's luckily not something I need, but again, it's something very cool and interesting. Um, I thought that was very good. That, that as well as the other accessibility options I thought were really, really good. Um, what would you go with here? Honestly, I don't really have any opinion on any of that just because it's something that I have no no interaction with any of those games right so i really wouldn't even be able to judge on it so okay uh best vr ar game you've got after the fall among us vr bone lab moss book 2 and red matter 2 um obviously i've heard of among us and a couple of the other ones here um uh, moss book 2 was very very good i really did enjoy that game a lot i think i gave it one of my uh the second must see so not a strong must uh, must must play uh, not a strong must-play, but a must-play. Um, again, it did something that a sequel needed to do, um, which was, hey, keep the good stuff, take out so much of the bad stuff, and have some new ideas. And when you've got the addition of VR and the interactivity there that you can do with Moss, and there's new gameplay stuff that you can do, and that, that last, like, 30 minutes of that game is wild and just really awesome, and it combines everything the game I tried to get you to do. The game does different stuff with like gravity. It's really, really cool. So I, I, I really love that game. Um, and uh, I don't know if they'll be able to do a Moss Three, but we'll, uh, we'll see us from, uh, from Polyarch. I've not actually seen much of Among Us VR. I don't know what it actually looks like. Um, have you seen much of that? What do you think of this uh, category? Uh, I haven't seen it. I do play Among Us. 
from time to time. A couple of streamers uh, that I'm friends with, they'll do a community night and I'll jump in and have some fun. It's a really fun community game. I don't know how that game would work in VR because I don't do VR mm. at all on any level. I don't even remember the last time I even did anything remotely related to VR, but I know it's been like 10, 12 years. Um, I was in like an arcade and they had a VR set up and it was pretty janky. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, but no, I really like Moss Book 2 and that was really good. Uh, best action game, Bayonetta 3, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I just didn't get on with that game in the end. Um, it really did disappoint me that, like, what? why are you making me choose? And I get that I can play online, but I shouldn't have to. Why are you making me choose between one of the characters instead of having at least the four turtles on? Like, they're, they're a team. Um, the, the gameplay I thought was, like, pretty good. I understood it wasn't really, like, my era and stuff. It was more like the, the arcade thing, but... Um, like, why not just have the other playable turtles as as AI characters? I I, I didn't I didn't understand that, so I I never got around to finishing that game. Um, I would go with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 just because it's well Call of Duty. Um, big shout out to Sifu though, I really did enjoy that game, and uh, um, I didn't actually know Bayonetta 3 was quite out yet. I don't think. Um, I actually don't know when what the release date was of that game. And Neon why I have no idea what that is. So, what would you choose here? Uh, probably seafood, just because when I think of action games, that's the game that would most come to mind for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best action adventure. I don't know why that's a different category, but fair enough. Uh, Playtale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. I would say, um, because again, it's difficult to tell how well Stray will do. I hope that Stray wins this, because, uh, let's be honest, it'll either be God of War... Or Elden Ring that get Game of the Year. And we'll get to Game of the Year in a minute. Horizon, I think, will win in some other categories or something. And Stray, I want a Stray to at, le- at least win like one of these categories, just so it can have a little something. Uh, what do you reckon of these? It'll either be Horizon or Plague Tale, one of the two. Mm, yeah. Uh, best role playing game: Elden Ring. Live a sorry, li- live alive. Um, from Square Enix. Uh, Pokemon Legends. Triangle Strategy, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, apparently that is the... Again, I can't keep track of all the Pokemon games because there's, there's a new one like every week, literally. Um, apparently this... Uh, I saw some footage of a Pokemon game and lots of the community were commenting of like... Um, I think they said Game Freak or something. Yeah, it was Game Freak. There's the developer listed here that like they shouldn't make Pokemon games anymore. I don't know how many games they've made or how long they've been making Pokemon games for, but I, I saw some footage of, like, the frame rates when someone was trying to, you know, catch up one of the Pokemon, and it was very, very bad. So, if that's the case, then this shouldn't be in this category, because it's a badly running video game, and this is for best games, not for worst games. So, I that's, that's my only comment towards that. Um, Triangle Strategy, I think, is the spiritual successor to, uh... How was that game called? It came out a couple of years ago. Um, it was on the Switch as well. It had like a very similar sort of style to it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, I've not heard like anything about that. So um, I, th- I think Elden Ring probably will, will take this though. How about you? Yeah, I think Elden Ring, if, the, if that one doesn't, then Xenoblade, just because that's more of a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything about that Pokemon game? Nope, I'm not in that world. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, best fighting game, we got DNF Duel. I'm not sure what that stands for. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle... I'm assuming that's Battle Royale, says so Battle R. King of the Fighters... 15? 10V? Sorry, XV? I think that's 15. Or is that... Yeah, I'm really bad with no Roman numerals. <laughs> multiverses and Sifu. Uh, I played multiverses and I played Sifu. Um, they're very different. Multiverses is like, hey, do you want to step into an arena with you and three others and just have fun with Warner Brothers characters? And Sifu is like more about uh, combinations and that sort of stuff. So I would go with Sifu. Just because on a video game level, it is a better video game. But multiverses is the more fun uh, video game. So what would you go with here? Yeah, probably multiverses will get it just because of the uh, character recognition. Oh, yeah. DNF, the only thing I know of DNF is that if it's what I'm thinking it is, that means did not finish, which is a designation for like when you do a race or something and something happens and you can't finish the race, you DNF. Oh, yeah. Um, whether that's this or not, I don't know. Never heard of it before. So. I don't know. But either. more likely it'll be multiverses. Mm hmm. Best family game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, that's the one I was mentioning earlier, Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga, Marion Rabbids Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast, Nintendo Switch Sports is an embarrassment of a game. Um, it's a really pale, very pale imitation of uh, Wii Sports, which is obviously what it's trying to be a spiritual su- successor to. You can access football by not having the leg attachment but you cannot play that game without it because I tried to do so and you cannot you you can't do it um so the fact that the game launched with I think it's six sports one of them you can't play you you can select it and start it but you can't like kick the ball or anything and I was waving the joy-con around trying to get like anything going and it it, it just wasn't I don't know if the leg strap has got some sort of sensor on it that like your Joy-Con connect to maybe because um, e- even when the menu came up and said hey put your leg strap thing on which is so that you can you know use it with your leg for football um, and I tried to like bypass it I looked at the I can't remember the price but I looked at the accessory for it and it's it's not cheap obviously you know it's Nintendo they charge like 70 quid for a Joy-Con so um, the fact that you launch with that and you can't play football at, at all um just devalues the game the, the 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 rest of them are just i don't know it's just like what what's i don't know what the point of it was i, I played it for a couple of hours and then sent it back so uh, to me that doesn't deserve to be even on this list um i guess it's fine if you've got like a, a party with you or something um but just yeah it, it's trying to be the new um sports game for the switch and try, trying to do what we sports did but it uh, it didn't do that. I played a couple of hours of Mario, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. It just didn't click with me for some reason. Um, I'm going to go and try it again sometime later. But um, I don't know. It it just, like, it was it was fine. It just, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really click with me. So I sent it back at the moment. Splatoon 3 I've never played. Um, Kirby I'm going to be playing soon. But I really like the uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. So I would go with that here. How about yourself? Yeah, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Kirby, just because the rest of them, I don't get why they're considered a family game. I mean, Legos, yeah, kind of sure. You can throw your kids in front of it and, you know, have them be babysat by a video game for a couple, three hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest just don't make any sense. All right, yeah. 
Um, best uh, sim slash strategy. We got Dune Spice Wars. That's not the that's not the game that was announced at the Game Awards, is it? That was like the MMO thing. Because there's no way that's out already. This must be this must be a different game. I don't know. Um, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, Two Point Campus, Total Warhammer Three, Total War Warhammer Three, Victoria Three. Um, I hear good things about Two Point Campus, so I would go with that here. Um, wouldn't surprise me if Dune won this just because of the name and stuff. What would you go with there? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Dune won. Wouldn't be surprised if Victoria Three won. Um, the Warhammer one is kind of a weird entry. Uh, in that, same with the uh, Mario. Don't know why they're in that category, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, best sports racing. I, I just mentioned what's here. I've not got a ton to say. Obviously, I'm a football person, so that's what I go with. You've got F1 22, FIFA 23. Uh, I almost said GTA, not GTA 7. Gran Turismo 7, NBA 2K23. And uh, Oli Oli World. I've not got much to, to to say about that. You? Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, what's the next one? Best multiplayer: Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, Multiverses, Splatoon Three, Overwatch Two, and then the teenage uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. I would go with COD because it's the one that I play the most. What would you go with here? I think COD's gonna win regardless. So yeah. Should have been one of these things. It's in quite a few different things. Um, content creator of the year. Let's see how many of these we actually know. Carl Jacobs. Don't know who that is. Ludwig. I think I've seen his name before. Nibelion. Um, his photo is an avatar, so I literally don't know what the person looks like. Nobru. And Quincinderella. Um, I don't know. I think that's meant to be QT. As in, like, cutie? Oh, cutie. Yeah, cutie Cinderella. Yeah. Um, I don't know who any of those people are. So, uh, do you? I only know vaguely of Ludwig because of a YouTube channel that I follow that does Twitch fails. I know he's associated with a lot of terrible people on Twitch uh, that I don't really want to get into. I don't know him personally. I don't know of his content. I just know that he's often in the same room with people that if i believed in cancel culture i would cancel the crap out of them so and that's all i'm gonna say right right that's fair enough uh i've seen his name maybe written somewhere but i i don't really know any of the others so uh best debut indie neon white norco stray tunic and vampire survivors i would go with stray because we want it to win something yeah so we go with that did that come out on ps4 stray i think it did i don't know it came out on PC the same time it did that it was a the free game for the month on PlayStation. Yeah. So yeah, it might have been on PS4? Yeah, that was part of their like is it the premium tier the, the second one? Yeah. Like, which is how I played it. Best adaption. I think this is a new category. Um this is for uh, recognizing outstanding uh, outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. Don't think we've had that one before. Arcane League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners the Cuphead show, Sonic 2, and Uncharted. Well, Uncharted sucks, so I'm <laughs> counting that one off. Uh, Sonic 2 was really good. Cuphead show, I've seen two episodes off. I thought it was good, but just didn't continue. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is really good, and I've seen two episodes of uh, League uh, of, of Arcane. Um, I'm torn between Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, and Sonic. Um, 
see Sonic 2 did the thing that sequels should do which is again just simply improve on what you did and add more things to it which it literally adds other characters so I think on that basis I would go with that but I really did, did enjoy uh, Cyberpunk and Uncharted is just it, that's just it's just not good so uh, what would you go with here have you seen any of these I have seen like one and a half episodes of Cyberpunk it's not bad it's just not my really thing um, I did manage to catch the Uncharted movie. Um, it was all right. I, like I've always said, it's next to impossible to convert a video game which has named characters and named plot lines to a movie. Um, Sonic 2 is probably the best one that I've seen out of that group. I know you and I did a review for the, like the initial episode for Arcane League of Legends on one of podcast. Like we did a one-off podcast for that. Yeah, that was a um, uh, Patreon request. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen Cuphead show, um, so Sonic would be the one, just because nobody expected that movie to be any good, and the first one was amazing, and the second one was even better, and they set it up to have a third one if that happens in the future, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope that Jim Carrey doesn't retire before Sonic 3, because that, that would just round the trilogy off really nicely, I think. Um, also, the fact that if if you rewind with Sonic... Doing that redesign choice and listening to fans was the smartest thing that they did, because that that could have gone very badly. Um, in fact, if if they'd have stuck with that, there wouldn't be a Sonic Two, I don't think. So, uh, good on you, um, Sega, for for doing that. Um, again, my problem with Uncharted is it should have just been a mindless popcorn fun, you know, popcorn flick, and it was boring. So it was the opposite of what it should have been, and there's other problems with it as well. So, um, I I couldn't believe when I was sitting in the cinema watching that. And I was like, I'm bored watching an uncharted film. That's the one thing I shouldn't be feeling. Like, I'm not expecting it to be well written or deep or have loads of th- thematic stuff, but just be fun. And it and it and it wasn't. So, um, so yeah, uh, I got better, most anticipated game: Final Fantasy 16, I think, Hogwarts Legacy, Starfield, Resident Evil 4, and League of uh, League of Legends. Legend of Zelda Tears of Kingdom, which is Breath of the Wild 2, basically. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is my winner from this category. How about yourself? Yeah, I can see Hogwarts winning it. Um, Definitely could see Starfield easily winning it. I don't see Legend of Zelda 2 just because that game's so far off in the future that nobody really cares. Yeah, Yeah. we've seen a trailer. Um, Hogwarts will probably be out within the year... By this time next year, Starfield. Out in February, yeah. Supposedly, it's going to be out in March. Uh, we've never gotten a hard confirmation on that. It was actually supposed to be out last week. Um, if you went by the 11 yeah. 11 date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I see that one may, maybe March, mid March would be my guess. Cool. Um, best esports game. Again, I'll, I'm going to list the. I'm going to say what they are, but I have nothing to say about them. I've got Counter Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2. League of Legends, uh, Rocket League, and Valorant. I'd probably go with Rocket League just by default choice. Anything you want to say about that? Uh, no, none of those are games I play, so... Um, going to skip the uh, eSports athlete. I always skip that category. eSports team, I don't know anything about any of them. So eSports coach, I know even less about them. eSports event. Uh, and that's all the categories apart from the last one, which is Game of the Year. 
Um, by the way, it says here this is on the uh, 8th of December, so in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I think we'll make that our last gaming talk podcast for the year. We we usually finish on the on the game awards because there's no news after that, and you know it's close to Christmas and that sort of stuff. So I think we'll go with that. Uh, game of the year nominees: Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I think this is the category that God of War wins. Um, all all the others that Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok are in, I think they'll just share between them. But I think the main game of the year, I, I think it would, I'm tempted to say easily go for to uh, God of War Ragnarok. I don't know if it'll be easy per se, but uh, that is kind of what I'm thinking, is that God of War Ragnarok will take this. Um, it's interesting as well, because usually when you get to that November, December time, and you know you think about you know the, the best and the worst stuff that you've had for like TV, games and films and that, sometimes... Um, you have to look back at like okay what came out in january in february you know what shows were we watching back then and that sort of thing so you have to look at lists but um because there, there's a thing you know there's, there's the whole recency bias thing and god of war comes out in november it literally just came out what a few weeks ago um so on that front god of war would win but um elden ring hasn't suffered from recent by uh, recency biasy recent biasy um People are still talking about it now. It's still being nominated for a ton of stuff. People are still playing that game. Obviously, it's a very, very long, very hard game. So people are still playing it. But it's lucky that it's managed to do that because it did come out in, what, February? That was part of those, like, March. earlier... Yeah, February, March, That those early parts of the year. Very good to see Stray nominated. I think that's really, really good. Playtale um, is the one that I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, one that came out as well. Horizon, you know, it's a Sony first-party game that's done well. Xenoblade Chronicles is it, Xenoblade Chronicles. Not to like you know throw shade against it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not in that franchise or whatever. I don't like you know pay attention to it. Um, that feels like the one that kind of has, has has snuck in here a little bit. But I don't know what I would replace because I was expecting there to be five nominees. There's usually five, I think. Um, that feels like one that's snuck in here per se. But then I don't know what I would replace it with necessarily. Um, I also wasn't sure if Last of Us Part One was going to be eligible. But seeing as that was nominated in a different category, it was, but didn't quite get nominated here. Um, what do you think takes the win here? Uh, probably either Elden Ring or Horizon, one of those two. You don't think God of War wins this? Nah. Oh, interesting. Um, what do you think of Stray and like, Xenoblade being in here? Stray makes sense just because it was so unique. I literally know nothing about Xenoblade. Yeah, me, me neither. Uh... So those are your uh, Game of the Year nominations for 2022. That's the news that I've got, but we've been talking about that here for a good long while. Uh, so I'll pass it over to you. What do you have to talk about this week? A uh, couple things from the same source. Uh, I you got to give him credit because Phil Spencer is probably the most accessible person in as high of a position that he is in any industry, regardless Done of gaming. Done a lot of interviews, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he was on the Decoder podcast, which is a podcast for The Verge. He talked about a few things uh, I want to talk about. This. First up is Keystone, which is their streaming device. He talked about that, even though it's never officially been declared and officially been announced. He told The Verge that the Keystone was more expensive than they wanted it to be when they actually built it out with the hardware that they had inside, which is why they shifted over, and you can actually do the xCloud on Samsung TVs now as an actual app. 
Um, they talk about how they tested it out on the Samsung TV app. And it was actually really functional, which they were surprised because it is a streaming video game service, which um, obviously with uh, Google and what they try to do with Stadia was an abject failure. Um, but Microsoft seems to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get Stadia to work right or no? Nope. W- wouldn't, wouldn't load. Wouldn't load. I, f- I filmed a, it's probably years away in my Twitter archives, where, wherever it is. Uh, I don't know if that video is even on my phone, but no, I filmed, um, you know, when I, when I signed up and clicked on that one game, which I can't remember the name of, and it just wouldn't load. So it was, again, that's the problem with these streaming services. Literally, if it doesn't load, the entire thing is useless. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the sign-up process you can do. Um, obviously, you can have enough uh, internet connectivity to do that, but um, the, the way I kind of look at streaming a little bit is... Okay, if it works for you as a gamer and it's something that you want to do and it's involved with Game Pass or whatever, cool. That That's good that it works for you. Um, I think as long as... See, one of the other reasons Stadia failed is... well, There's two kind of main reasons. There's a lot of reasons, but two kind of main reasons. One of which is Google doesn't really have any IP... Uh, they don't have any like you know we talk about system sellers like when you know PS5 comes out, Series X comes out. What what have they what have they got on them that makes you think I need to get that platform because it's got that game on it? And uh, PSVR2 is going to have an interesting uh, time with that to see if it launches with Horizon or if it doesn't or whatever. Um, but hey, if your if your platform's good, people still need interesting games that they can't really get anywhere else to play on it and the fact that they advertised it so much with like hey you can play assassin's creed on stadia it's like cool i've played those games on my playstation um but the other thing is um so like with uh what i call it with, with, with the the ps plus the, the streaming stuff like i mentioned with sly cooper and and the ratchet games that they added you cannot have even the option to download or stream them so I think going forward, um, as long as, and they, they probably will, um, as long as Microsoft, if you, so let, let's say you access Game Pass one day, or you access this other, what would you say the name the name of the device was called? Uh, Keystone is what it's been codenamed. Okay. Yeah, the, this, this Keystone uh, streaming device. As long as you have the option of, okay, if you, if you can stream the game and you want to as a consumer, that's a choice that you want to make. You can, but if it doesn't work or if you don't want to, um, you can download it. So as long as it maybe has some of those options or um, it, it depends what route they, they take with something like that. The the thing that's interesting to me with the Microsoft at the moment is they've come out with a lot of really good stuff. Like Game Pass is very, very good. The Xbox Series X is very, very good. And you've got like the, the save states and the controllers, you know, pretty decent and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of good things they've done over on at xbox over there um the one thing they are missing is those killer AAA exclusives and obviously we're, we're waiting for starfield we're waiting for whatever they've got and the frustrating thing at the moment and this is from my perspective is you brought tons of studios uh you have a lot of studios um you bought like bethesda and you're in the process of trying to buy activision blizzard um and those things are still going to take a bit of time um I'm I'm sort of at the point where whenever I hear anything like this from Xbox, it's like, cool, this is a great idea. This is really good. Keep keep doing these things. Don't stop doing those things because those are good for... Maybe they're good for me, but they're also good for other consumers as well. 
but I want to know when your games are coming out because then once you start once you start knocking some of those games out and you know if Star if Starfield comes out and you don't like it whatever that that that's a different thing but once they start coming out with those first party exclusives as and and hopefully start saying hey these new Bethesda games some of these Activision games apart from COD yeah you're not getting them on PlayStation you have to come over to us you have to you can either buy them or you know sub to, sub the game pass but the difference there is you don't have to stream them but you could if you want to so it's opening up those options but the one key element that is missing from that is those big AAA games and as great as something like you know grounded probably is and some other games that they've had um and obviously you can get you know cod and gotham knights and you know you can get um what's it called uh like playtale those sorts of games those games are still available on playstation so once you're able to start, because it will probably, I feel like it will kick off a bit more with um, Starfield, and then we can maybe get this ball rolling a bit more. Not with the Activision stuff; that's still going to take a bit of time. But with like Obsidian and Bethesda and Ninja Theory and all, all these other developers that you've got, because like you know, where's Hellblade and you know where's State of Decay Three? So once you start coming out with those games, it will sort of hopefully click a bit more in Microsoft's or Xbox's ecosystem to say, hey, these other little things that we're doing, they're all optional. As long as they stick to, okay, day one game pass for these games like for Starfield or for Hellblade or whatever you're releasing. Um, as long as they still continue, and they probably will, still continue to stick to, hey, you can stream these games if you want through xCloud. Or you can download them to your console. Um, I think that that's when they'll start winning a bit more. So this this thing that they've, this streaming device thing they've got is, is great. If it's something that you as a consumer think will work in your environment. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where, where they go with these types of things. But the, the, the one, the one thing that they, they just haven't quite got at the moment is those big AAA games. But once they start kicking off with those, um, we'll see what the, uh, uh, how things go from there. Um, what, what do you think of what Xbox is doing at the moment? Yeah. From the streaming side, they clearly have got the tech figured out. It's just a matter of making sure the market's right for it. They're definitely of a walk-before-you-run kind of mentality with that. Mm. Yeah. So, um, But as long as they don't do, and I don't think they will, but as long as they don't do what PlayStation did, which is, hey, Sly Cooper anniversary, hey, Ratchet & Clank anniversary, here's all of their both of their PS3 games. Oh, you have to stream every single one of them. Um, and you can't buy them, and you have to subscribe to the service, and it's very just, it's very restrictive. Um as for example, if like, let's say I know they're already on there. Let's say Microsoft said, "Hey, here's all of the Halo collection of games. You know, you can go onto Game Pass, you can download them, and you can play them with no issues." Um, I'm sure the download might take a bit of time, but it's better than just locking it behind a streaming door. Because um, as much as much as I'm a big fan of like PlayStation's library of games and characters, um, they are making some restrictive choices right now, which. You know, when I see them try to celebrate, he his like you know Ratchet and Clank's anniversary or Sly Cooper's anniversary. It's like cool, really love those games. The Sly games particularly, I'd love to go and play them, but I'm not streaming that stuff. I'm just not going to do it. So we'll see what uh, what both sides decide to do. Because um, it's interesting because like with Xbox, it's like okay, you you've got you're building a really good ecosystem. You just need some games. With Sony, it's like you got some really good games you need to build a better ecosystem <laughs> so they're like a completely opposite ends of things um but what gets things like you know game sales and game of the year nominations isn't your services it's the games that you offer which is why you're seeing god of war and horizon on there and you're not really seeing any xbox games on there 
So, um, but it, it's very interesting to see from both sides, right? Like that the, the, they need to both do totally different things, like the opposite of each other. Uh, so we'll see how all this plays out over the coming you know months and years and whatever. So, uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, you touched on it a little bit in that same uh, podcast. Obviously, he got uh, asked about the Activision Blizzard acquisition. And you can just tell from his demeanor that he's just over getting asked that question. I think we all are. (laughs) Yeah, and and you've ran into this and I've ran into this when you're interviewing people. There's some people that I don't, when I'm interviewing them, I have like two or three questions. I intentionally don't ask them just because I know they've been asked it a thousand times. Yeah. Like if you go to any musician, the they're always going to get asked, when did you start playing a, a musical instrument or when did you start singing? They get asked that all the damn time. And uh, he, he lost his temper, not like got angry with him a little bit, but you could just tell that he's done ask, <laughs> answering those questions. Yeah. And it does come off in the interview. Um, the big pull quotes are the idea that we would write a contract that says the word forever in it is a bit silly. He has no problem making longer-term commitments with Sony um, regulators would be comfortable with and that Sony would be comfortable with. Um, He says it's obviously not going to have to have Game Pass on the Sony platform to make that happen. Um, They want to continue to ship Call of Duty to PlayStation. Um, And I would recommend people listening to it because, like I said, he's not getting angry over it. It's just that frustration of being asked the same damn question mm. for the 90th damn time. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I've only interviewed one person in my career, if you want to call it that, which is Angus McLean, who I loved interviewing and, and things like that. And I remember when I went to prep the questions, and the difference there between that and our normal podcast is we had like a booked allotted time. So it's like, okay, I can't sit here with Angus for 90 As much as I'd love to sit there with Angus for like 90 minutes, I can't. Um, and it was a booked session. It, it was 9 to 9.30, in case anybody is wondering. Um, so, like, okay, I've got 30 minutes. I have to, you know, get get the, inf- get the info out of him that I'm, that I'm seeking uh, from the questions I want to ask him. But when I went to write the questions down, I mean, there was already things I knew that I wanted to ask him about, like, because uh, it was to do with Lightyear, obviously this year's uh, Toy Story film. Um, and instead of writing down, hey, how did you get into this? What did you think of this? The thing that I did was like okay instead of what questions should I ask him this is my opportunity what do I want to ask him this is my interview so instead of just asking him a cliche cliche question about like hey how did you get the director thing for Lightyear and he's probably been asked that a dozen times um one of the alternate questions I asked him was like hey you've done some Disney Plus shorts uh some of which are Toy Story related what was the difference between doing let's say that and the big screen Lightyear stuff which instead of me saying Hey, how did you get around to directing Lightyear? Because he's worked at Pixar for ages. He co-directed Dory and all that sort of stuff. So this wasn't sort of like, hey, your first time with Pixar. How did it go? Because he's you know, he's been there and done it with Pixar. He's, he co-directed uh, Finding Dory. He did stuff with uh, some of the some of the shorts. So instead of asking him that, it was like, hey, what was it like? So within this same sort of era with the Toy Story shorts, what was it like going from that to the uh, to, to to the to, to 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 the film that he did? So. Um, and then there was like specific buzz Lightyear questions I was asking him about like mannerisms and stuff. Um, but that was stuff that like, so when I was watching the film, um, it was interesting because when I went to watch the film, I didn't have, like, I hadn't made any contact with, with Angus because um, I was just watching the film and him reviewing it like I normally do. 
and then I got the chance to do that and then I thought back to okay when I was watching the film what was going through my head and what what was I thinking and if I could ask the director questions what would those be um and then just translated that to my own questions so um and, and instead of just like hey what do you think of Buzz Lightyear it's like well he likes him obviously <laughs> um it was more sort of like hey is there any specific parts with this or that that you like with Buzz um so and I think it's interesting that I I, I thought of that my first ever interview but because i have because i get what you mean about what what like the way phil spencer's reacted here i've seen that a dozen times in interviews like you know through youtube and stuff where somebody's asked an actor or a director or a showrunner of like hey what was it like doing this and like okay he's that that person's answered that like a million times (laughs) yeah Um, and if you want those more basic answers they're probably already out there so you don't need to ask those questions um so uh but no it's i i get what you mean with with phil he um because again that's something that like you and me have both asked this question a few times like who at the moment is the voice of sony they don't really jim ryan does some interviews and stuff but he's not like like i've seen phil spencer popping up all over the place on loads of different podcasts and he's trying to like you know talk about um xbox and microsoft more and more and talk about what they're doing and there's some interesting stuff going on over there so um i appreciate him doing that that's, that's really really good um because i do i do wish that playstation had somebody similar um and and it, before he retired reggie fils was the face of oh, nintendo yeah, america yeah. yeah definitely um doug, doug bowser i don't really see any of yeah um so he, the, he doesn't really have a presence in the media or in social media or anything like that yeah which again and is where i think it works better with phil here so the closest thing sony has ever had to a face man is back in the ps3 era when they had that one guy doing the the comedy commercials mm. um you remember that and that's the closest they've ever had mm. i mean no disrespect to the woman who does the voiceover for the state of play i don't know her name either like she's not like that that's the sort of person that you hire to say okay you're just gonna like name these games and who the devs are and then let the let the video speak for itself but it's still like there's there's no voice of sony at the moment really so um and jim ryan you know does the old interviews and talks about things here and there but not in the same way that phil spencer does um so yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, but it, Nintendo. I've I've I don't know about you. I found in the last year or two, Nintendo's been really really quiet, um, unless they have a sudden like, oh, here's a Nintendo Direct, and then that's it for a couple of months, and then they don't like. I don't really see people from Nintendo getting interviewed or anything like that. But then I don't really see the same thing from PlayStation. So, uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have, people that are fans of the Division series, um, the Division Heartland, which is Ubisoft's upcoming free-to-play Division game, has just gotten a rating for America, which which suggests that the game might be launching soon. The ESRB database contains a listing for Heartland on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. Uh, The rating is assigned M for Mature, which is no real surprise because it's a shooting game. It's going to get rated mature. Um, the rating description doesn't say much about the game other than the fact that you'll be taking on the role of an elite government agent trying to restore order after uh, the collapse of the U.S. government. Players use machine guns, rifles, and explosives to kill members of hostile factions. Battles can be frenetic at times, highlighted by realistic gunfire, 
cries of plane, blood spatter effects, and explosion in the description. Um, probably the most hilarious thing is the word it says in the quote, blood pools can sometimes be, be depicted under corpses and the words fuck and shit appear in the game. I don't know why that makes me laugh. That just does. Yeah, that is kind of funny. I don't know why either, but I, I agree with you there. Um, that's it's the, like when you see, um, the, you know, warning, uh, uh, you know, obscene language and weather. It's like there are some shows that'll pop up. It'll give a warning because there's weather. It's like, oh, my God, weather exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny when you watch like um, like Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead. It's like this program contains strong violence. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like this or like with The Walking Dead particularly. It'll be like, hey, this contains like horror scenes it's like um yeah there's zombies in it <laughs> you know um, have you ever seen the movie parental advice uh parental guidance i don't think so it, it's a really obscure movie one of the channels here in the states did a movie it basically is kind of a a faux documentary of the uh esrb when that came out in the early 80s uh for music for like the ratings board um, basically a bunch of musicians got taken to Congress over their lyrics and that's how, you know, parental advisory came into effect huh. was the music industry self-regulating it. Um, but I remember that movie because there's a scene where a musician is testifying in front of Congress and the guy says, if the picture on the album has a chainsaw coming out of a guy's crotch, it's probably not best for your nine year old, mm. which is a very fair statement. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. It might be on YouTube. If you can look it up, find it. Because it's, it's hilarious in the stupidity of American Congress that this is an actual uh-huh. thing, that you have actual musicians testifying in Congress basically trying to fight for their freedom of speech. So, hmm. Yeah. Um, th- th- there'll be the odd thing that I'll play or watch or whatever. And it'll be like, hey, this contains like this different element. It's like, okay, that's actually like somewhat useful information but like when, when i'm watching game of thrones or walking dead or something like that it's like all oh, this programs contain strong violence and it's like well, of course it does <laughs> uh especially especially in game of thrones it's like well yeah they're fighting for the throne you know so um or like when you're watching house of the dragon it's like you know game of thrones has got a history of like you know um sexual scenes and it's like oh this program contains sexual scenes it's like well yeah the the other show did so why, why would this one be different um because the show is literally about like sorting out who the heir to the throne is going to be, which involves sex. Because that's you know how that works. So um, it, it it'd be like if you did the same thing with like the Handmaid's Tale, like oh this program contains uh, sexual scenes. It's like well yeah that's like that's literally part of the plot <laughs> of the yeah. of the of, of what you're doing. Um, yeah, so. Anyway, um, but no, it's, it's 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 interesting when you see things get kind of rated and stuff. So, uh, cool. Is that all the stuff you had for this week? Yeah, that's the last news article that I found interesting. Cool. Uh, I was gonna write down some Hogwarts Legacy stuff. They did a new presentation, but I kept forgetting to watch it, so I can't talk about it because I have no idea what they what they showed. So, I'll try to uh, get to that next week. Apologies for that. But um, we have one more email to get to this week. By the way, if you'd like to write in with your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, what do you think of the Game of the Year nominations? Who do you think is going to win in all different categories? Let us know what is your Game of the Year. Is it something that's not listed? Um, I don't know what my Game of the Year is yet, but I'll, I have a few more things to play still. So 
um, I'll have to decide uh, later on. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's contact page information in your show notes, email box, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. Ready to read out Jack's question about Horizons nominations. Harrison writes in says, Keep hearing about players' game crashing on Modern Warfare 2. Party connection issues ever since Season 1 was released. Thoughts? Um... Uh, it's it's interesting because I was looking through the menus, right? Because now they have DMZ, which, by the way, I actually don't know what that is. Um, for those of you who might be wondering my thoughts on DMZ, I've heard some mixed things about it, but I've not seen any gameplay of it. I've not read anything about it. Um, I had no interest to sort of approach it. It might be something that I like. It's in, it's in beta at the moment. So what they've got at the moment on Modern Warfare Two is obviously the main game, the campaign, co-op, multiplayer. DMZ, Warzone 2.0, and uh, th- th- those main three things, basically. The-, the main game, DMZ in beta, and it says beta on it, uh, which is like a brand new game mode, and then Warzone 2.0. Um, uh, so what Harrison was talking about with the connection issues and things like that, so how it's laid out at the moment is um, when you open Modern Warfare 2, you've got the main game, DMZ, which is in a beta, and Warzone 2.0. Um, when you go on the manage game install files, uh, which you can do by like accessing that menu, um, you've got campaign, multiplayer, co-op, and Warzone. Uh, and the good thing about this year's game is, uh, as opposed to Modern Warfare 19, the previous one, if you installed even the base part of the game, you had to have Warzone with it. It was like tied in with the game, which was causing some issues. Um, with this one, you don't have to have Warzone installed with it. Um, I don't know about how DMZ is working with that though, because it was like clickable on there. Because when I hover over um, Warzone 2, it says, oh, you need to install it, which I'm not going to because I'm not going to play Warzone. So I've got that uninstalled also to save space and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, As I mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before's podcast. Uh, I think it was when we talked about Spyro, so it was last week. And I said about all the... um, you know, studio mismanagement with Activision and how Warzone has kind of ruined those parts of things. Uh, like, like when Toys for Bob the other week said, "Hey, we're we're working on like Crash and like Call of Duty." So, like, where, where, where things like that are happening, um, I am still concerned as to like what what exactly is Infinity Ward working on? Because you've got the multiplayer side. Obviously, with the campaign, they don't need to do anything else because campaign is done and finished and out. That's a one and done thing. Uh, you got you got multiplayer, which you just launched season one for, with the with the the new game mode, which is with tier one. They're working on Warzone two and presumably DMZ, and doing something with co-op. So I am a little I don't know how big War, uh, Infinity Ward Studio is, and you do have other support devs, but in, Infinity Ward's the main one for this. So with DMZ, uh, Warzone two, and the the main multiplayer. And I I am concerned a little bit as to like okay how stretched thin are they across these three modes because those are three sort of like I don't know if they're all separate servers or what or how how that's working with multiplayer servers DMZ servers and Warzone two servers because um, they're all totally different playlists um, so because uh, I did I mean it's pretty it's quite normal for a live service part of the game obviously there's the campaign stuff but a live service part of the game if you've got like a massive update. Where you're launching <clears throat> this new DMZ stuff, which is in a beta, and the big Warzone 2.0, and new stuff for multiplayer. It's, you know, 
understandable like okay there's going to be some stuff that isn't going to completely work properly and dmz itself which people have had connection issues with is literally in beta so that's gonna that makes sense um it, it's frustrating obviously for people that are disconnecting and stuff but given that you launched like a new season one for something and two new big game mode parts uh i just yeah it's um i i, I haven't been able to tell yet you know, behind the scenes, because you've got code for all these games, and how how is that kind of integrating itself and things like that? Because because when you had when you had the ongoing thing of Modern Warfare 19's multiplayer, Warzone, Cold War, and Vanguard, and you saw across the menus, it got to a point with when when you launched one of those games, you had all four of them in a menu, and it was like okay, they shouldn't all be here on the same things because when you launch modern warfare 2 there's no menu for cold war or vanguard which there's no there's no reason that there would be um so they're not tied in with with what's going on because they, they tried to do this massive crossover thing where like hey if you unlock stuff for warzone or the the other games they'd like crossover and stuff and it all just got muddled up so you don't have those four but you do have dmz warzone 2 and the multiplayer for modern warfare 2 so Let's let's just not overload this game with stuff, you know, because it they, they sort of did that before in a different way, and it didn't work. So, um, but yeah, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be ish, uh, connection issues and things like that. It's not as long as it's not horrible, and you can still have a good time with it. Um, I don't know, but season one launched like what was it last week or something? So they're gonna be they're gonna be ironing things out and working on things. So, um. I just hope that they get to a point over this two-year period where there's not too many variables that are getting in the way of each other, if if that makes sense. Um, any thoughts on anything I've mentioned there at all? Yeah, it's just one of those things that you hope they get it sorted out. Mm. Certainly. Um, and with this DMZ thing, like how much of a new variable is that and how does that sort of work its way into things? Because I did, I did see with Season 1, I think there's a... M13 or something, there's a new gun that's, that's on there and it says that you need to do something in DMZ to unlock it so if you're doing that stuff already, like how, how's that all going to kind of work like the stability of it all um, so and it, it's hard to tell sometimes like when a choice is made within all of this stuff how much of it is on the developers and how much of it is Activision doing stupid stuff and uh, just have to figure out how it goes uh, anyway, that's what we've got for you for this week's gaming talk. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully I'll talk about some of that Hogwarts Legacy stuff next week as well. I think it's like a 45-minute video or something they released um, with some things. And again, it was that thing for me. I didn't see any tweets or anything about like, hey, we're doing this event at this time. You know how usually companies do that, right? Um, didn't see any of that. And then it just popped up. Like, oh, it is a... I don't know if it was intended to be a live stream or just a posted video. And... So I was speaking to a friend at work about this, and I was like, I'm looking forward to the game, and I mentioned this on the podcast, I just mentioned it off the air to a friend, and I said, um, you know, it's November now, there's other games I'm playing and looking forward to, you know, like Callisto Protocol on the second, and, you know, Marvel's Midnight Suns, games I'm playing at the moment, it's just slightly still too early for Hogwarts Legacy stuff, I'm glad that they're putting things out, like, that's, that's great, they're giving us information, but it was that thing for me of, like, I remember when they put that first 15 minutes part out, and I was I was there waiting at like 9 o'clock for, or whatever time it was for that video to go live, and it's like, here's, here's our first proper glimpse of this game. Um, and I was like, you know, pumped up and ready for that. And I'm still excited for the game, 
but when I saw this new video pop up, it was like, oh, 45 minutes. I was like, oh, I can save that for later. Because I don't need to watch it, like, immediately. Because like, the game isn't still out for, like, another three months or whatever it is. Th three, four months. Um, so, I don't know. I'm still excited for it. It just feels really early. But I think once we once we click into that early January period, then it will maybe start to, to click in a bit more. So, anyway, uh, I'll give some thoughts on that and whatever next week. Um, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look out for all of that. Um, for all that stuff, so entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. You can also support us by uh, simply telling other people about what we do and where they can find it, either by telling them or using social media. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news at the moment. Um, David's doing some stuff over there still with Geek Town. He's uh, not quite putting up Geek Town Radio at the moment. There are some interviews and stuff that he's put up. But uh, if you still want your TV and your film news, uh, so renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, things like that, you can still head over to geektown.co.uk and look out for the Geek Town Radio episodes. Uh, Bex, um, who also is somebody who very much liked um, Straight, speaking of that, game uh you can find her over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s she streamed little nightmares 2 recently she did some tomb raider stuff uh played stray as well um she does chat got herself stuck streams. in a box yeah she, she does she does that oftentimes so uh, if you want to see that as well uh yeah trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch and of course other platforms as well uh me over on twitch etalk uk and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Just follow slash subscribe to those for all the video game stuff. All of it ends up on YouTube, so check that channel out. YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. And uh, Twitch eTalk UK for my stuff over there. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.